Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 59 of Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today, as a follow-up to our discussion on heart disease, podcasts 56 and 57, we're discussing statin drugs. Statins are a group of drugs that can help reduce high cholesterol, lowering the risk of atherosclerosis and heart problems. Common side effects include headache, dizziness, nausea, fatigue, digestion problems, muscle pain, muscle damage, liver damage, and neurological side effects. Another reported side effect of statins is type 2 diabetes. There are natural ways to lower your cholesterol without medication, including limit unhealthy fats, get your omega-3s, cut back on sugar and alcohol, quit smoking, exercise on most days, and develop healthy sleep habits. You, living your healthy lifestyle. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today we are doing podcast 59 on statin drugs. Welcome, Dr. Kell. Hi, Nikki. Hi, everybody. How are you? Hi. Thanks doing good. How about you? What's it like in Atlanta today? It's good. It's beautiful. I've already been out walking. It's so gorgeous. It's hot, and I love it. Oh, nice. In nice. sunny Southern California. <laughs> it's cloudy outside. It's June, so it's morning June gloom. Oh, it's June gloom, right? And then July it gets hot? Is that Well, it's still getting warm, still getting to the high 70s after the morning clouds burn off. But uh, we get a little gloom or clouds in the morning. Actually, I like it. Uh, I don't consider it gloomy. It's kind of nice, actually, not to have the sun pounding on you all day long. It just makes the day hotter. And to me, this is a perfect time of year when it's, you know, I prefer mid to high 70s uh, weather when it hits the 80s. If you're out in it, it, it it's it's warm and and uh, mm-hmm. I don't really like you know after living in Colorado for 17 years, enduring the winters there. Uh, I'm sorry, enjoying the winters there. Um, what was nice, but I I decided I'm just not a cold weather person. So yeah, you know it Me dips too. down into the low 60s, high high 50s, and I'm kind of like nah, this just it could even be a little warmer now. So yeah, anyway. Yep, I agree. When it, when we were moving there, we were on an airplane to to Carlsbad, you know, mm-hmm. um, the kids and I. And the person I was sitting next to was like, oh, get ready, because June is just rainy. And then July is gorgeous. And then August and September are hot. <laughs> so that's kind of how it mapped out. Did you us. feel like it was that, even though you were right close to the ocean there? It, it still gets a little warm. I mean, it still have days in the 90s. That's when you definitely want to go to the beach. Yeah, yeah. It was nice, except that seal that was swimming next to Jake when we first were there in June. That was a little scary. <laughs> oh, it freak him out? <laughs> yeah, it freaked me out. I was watching from the, the, the shore. I was like, get in here. I was like, what is that? <laughs> oh, the Big sea- black thing next to you. <laughs> yeah, I can see. That would be a little frightening, but yeah. uh, fortunately, they just, the dolphins and the seals are friendly. They say they're friendly, but the sharks come after them right <laughs> yes that's that that's uh baby seals apparently is the uh, uh favorite food of the great white shark oh okay and i i find it so ironic that they make all scuba and i'm a scuba diver i actually uh, a rescue diver though i haven't recu- officially rescued anybody <laughs> they uh, <laughs> um but i did get the certification i find it so ironic that the majority of uh wetsuits are black uh, 
why don't you know? I, although I I haven't looked, maybe sharks are colorblind. But uh, uh, I I thought that uh, fish and and as well as you know the shark can can see colors, but I'm not sure. Uh, mm. But it's like, why wouldn't they make those wetsuits colorful? Anyway, yeah. we're totally off topic now, but it is fun <laughs> out here in California. There's lots to do and sunny, but oh, wait a minute. I got to talk down California. We have a, a very liberal government here. So if that's maybe that'll scare people away. We don't want more people coming here uh, to enjoy this, this great weather. It is. It's not a cheap place to live, that's for sure. I was going to say, it's an expensive place to live, yeah. You definitely pay for the sun. There's definitely a sun tax. A sun tax, yeah. (laughs) Well, speaking of beautiful, let's do the quote of the day, which is, you're beautiful no matter what ugly is going on around you. And that is by Dr. Kel Fullerton. Woo! You know, Dr. Kel, you created that. You know, Nikki, you're you're my probably my only fan, and and that's okay. It's good to have one. I mean, that's right. You know, some people don't have any. So yeah. But that quote, interestingly enough, can't remember specifically, but I'm pretty sure it was one of those days where everything was kind of going wrong, and uh, I was very frustrated and wrote that down. And I hope other people think it's interesting when I you know and I wrote it down. I think didn't think it was much, but then when I said it to you, you. like I say, you're my one fan. And Number so fan. we yeah. shared it with everybody. I hope that makes sense to people because I look at it when things are getting difficult and, and it can have an effect on my attitude when I read that. Yeah. Because I life... love that you took a moment, yeah, to, to realize that you just needed a breath, like to stop and be grateful for whatever is yes. going on. Even though there's a lot of you know noise around you, life can be beautiful. And you like you stop and smell the roses or you take in the sunshine or you go to the ocean and you listen to the, the waves, you know, little things that can really energize you when life just gets crazy hectic. Exactly. And interesting you say that. I have uh, from time to time gotten in the car and, and that is one of the benefits of living here that I really love. I'll get in the car and just drive down to uh, either Oceanside or Carlsbad Beach and just there, there's a parking lot there in Carlsbad where you can pull in and just sit there and watch the waves. And there's yeah. oftentimes people playing volleyball down below on the sand. There, it's kind of a little little cliff. I don't know, maybe 30 feet high or something above the above the beach. And and uh, just looking down over everyone playing and watching the ra- waves roll in. And every now and then you see a seal or some dolphins swim by. And it's very relaxing, very calming. And so I. Do that once in a yeah. while. I would recommend wherever you live. That is a healthy way to de-stress. And uh, so uh, find that place where you live that, uh, you know, and it typically is in nature, right? Yes. Yep. Even if you're not a nature person, because I wouldn't call myself a nature person. Even though I'm from Montana, you would think I would be. <laughs> I have never been one to, like, the skier, hiker, you know, hunter. I have not been that. But recently, in the last month or two, I've been more apt to getting outside in the sunshine and I tell you what it really does energize you it just changes your perspective gives you great focus just it just energizes you something about the sunshine or just being outside in the fresh air just takes you away from all the your mind your thoughts everything just clears you yes I've heard it said though I don't know that there's any big science behind it that uh, you should 
take moments to take your shoes off and touch the ground with your feet. Uh, and it can't be on top of concrete. It needs to be on the ground, on grass, on sand, or dirt, uh, yes. barefoot. That uh, We know the earth has a magnetic field. There are those that even believe, uh, religious people who tend to believe or have in their doctrines, that the earth is a, another living creature. So yeah. think oh, about wow. it. Uh, we, you know, we live on the planet. Uh, we, we, are, we have an electrical field, too. So anyway, won't go into detail there, but take your shoes off once in a while. Stand on, stand on the ground. Uh, yeah. Get some energy. And uh, take walks in nature. It will revive you if you're depressed or angry or uh, whatever it might be. Yep. I love that. Do we have an article of the day? We do. Dr. Cole? Today, oh, okay. again, let's see. We're talking about statin drugs, right? Yes. Because and we just finished what is heart disease. Yes, what is heart disease. So it draw me into this because it's connected to heart disease and, and an attempt by the medical community. Uh, by the drug companies to uh, help reduce the number of deaths due to heart disease and to increase the length of life for people. And that intent, I think, is awesome. I think there are better ways to lengthen your life and heal your heart and your vascular system than to take medications. And we will talk about that. But the, uh, right now we're talking about statin drugs. Uh, but we're, before we get deep into that, I wanted to share an article of the day. And the article is talking about, uh, rattle my papers here. A lot of people might not know, but we're often thinking about gut health and talking about gut health and how significant your, your gut bacteria, also referred to as the microbiome of your gut, uh, which really goes from your uh, stomach down to, you know, through your small and large intestine and out the other end. So those areas in different parts, they have different types of bacteria in them. A lot of people don't know there's bacteria living in your stomach uh, that can endure the, the uh, high acid uh, levels. In fact, they say some of those, uh, if you're uh, taking lots of antacids, it reduces that acid level and uh, uh, can allow that bacteria to take over and start eating the wall of your stomach, which leads to things like ulcers. So, Wait, so antacids increase the acid? Antacids. Antacids lower the acid. Uh, the antacids that are over the counter, uh, yeah, Tums. <clears throat> that, Tums, such like that and other brands, that uh, uh, they're antacids. If it says antacid, it's like an antiacid. So they're very basic uh, in their ingredients. And so what they do when they hit the stomach, they raise your pH. And in the presence of a raised pH, your digestive processes slow down and it also allows uh, bacteria to grow. However, that reduction in acid, if you're getting uh, reflux, which is due to spasm of the muscles around the stomach, it put, squeezes and pushes that fluid up through your esophagus and then burns your esophagus. So the, the intent makes sense to um, reduce that acid. So if you do get the burping up, it doesn't burn. Problem with that is, is now it slows down your digestion. Your food sits in your stomach longer. The bacteria grows more because the pH isn't low enough, and it starts eating away at the lining of your stomach. and And people who who take a lot of antacids tend to develop ulcers. They uh, so anyway, uh, off topic, but maybe something uh, helpful to people out there. But we kind of. Related to the article of the day, talking about the microbiome, the, we're talking about a 
substance that is found in meat. The article even mentions it doesn't matter whether the meat, the beef is grass-fed or or pasture-raised chicken or those kinds of things. Meat in and of itself has an amino acid that is not used by the body called proline. And proline, uh, they've found, and this is where it goes back to the microbiome, if your microbiome is off, if the, if the good bacteria are missing or in low quantity and the bad bacteria is, is taken over, in that state, proline cannot be, it typically passes through the body. But if the microbiome is good, it doesn't get absorbed. But if the microbiome isn't, it passes into the body, it goes through the liver, and they're relating proline to be, have an effect on depression. So it can increase your depression level. So high meat eaters, who, and interestingly enough, if you're a heavy meat eater and don't eat a lot of vegetables, I can guarantee you that your gut flora is off. If you're feeling issues of depression and you eat a lot of meat, there may be a connection there. So, especially if you're not getting your good veggies or taking, uh, you know, probiotics are always beneficial. Things like uh, from standard process that we often uh, give to people uh, to boost their uh, microbiome and help with the gut flora complex is one. Um, these are stand, standard process supplements that we've talked about many times on the show. And uh, uh, there's several others. One of these days we'll spend more time talking about what those are specifically on probiotics. We'll do a podcast on probiotics soon. So the proline is in meat. Yes. And if your stomach is not digesting meat very well, then the proline sits in your liver and... Sits in your gut. Well, no, the the proline will pass out of your system if you have good gut flora. The gut flora just breaks it down and... And moves it on, and it doesn't get into your into your body. But if your flora is bad, it allows it to go in, goes through into your bloodstream, goes into your brain, and can lead help increase your chances of depression. Wow. Yes. So mood issues can be related to that. So consider, listeners, uh, consider out there if you're if you consume a lot of meat, and and I would say if you're if you're eating beef, chicken, uh, or turkey. Um, pretty much daily uh, or, you know, four to five times a week uh, and you're having issues of depression and you're not a real healthy eater, not eating a lot of vegetables, uh, have, ha- have gone through sessions of antibiotic therapy uh, because you've had uh, infections in your body of some kind. Anytime you go through antibiotic therapy, it kills off good gut flora. In fact, it kills the bad and the good uh, and then it usually doesn't wipe it out, but they're, that's one of the reasons now they, they do these fecal implants, especially to those people that have had multiple uh, cycles of antibiotics. Uh, sometimes it wipes out their gut flora so bad they're, they're di- actually dying because they're not absorbing any of their nutrients because all the food you eat is broken down by the bacteria. And if it's nothing there to break it down, you're not absorbing it into your system. And, and though you may be putting it out and it may be going in one in and out the other, your body's not absorbing any of the nutrients to be useful to it. Yeah, you think like, hey, I'm eating healthy, and then your body's just not absorbing it. So, yep. Like, yeah, something needs to be fixed, and you're saying it's the gut flora. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you got good gut flora and you enjoy meat, I, I never promote eating a lot of red meat or, or you know, I think poultry's better than red meat. Uh, pork, I would put there with beef and maybe even worse talk on and on and on about that one and we have and will more in the future let's get on to our topic uh unless you had any other questions about that 
Uh, nope, bringing it back to statin drugs. Statin drugs, okay, let's get on to statin drugs. Uh, for all those out there who have gone to the doctor and had their blood work done and come back with what's considered high cholesterol, and the doctor has suggest suggested to you that you should uh, take a statin drug. Cholesterol is like <laughs> 130 or, or a higher? Yeah, pretty much. They, uh, in different parts of the world, you'll find it different. Uh, uh, at one time, if you had a cholesterol of 200, you were okay. Uh, it, ironically, sitting here looking at some different things in different charts, point being there that if your cholesterol is considered high, they used to, it was like blood pressure at one time when I went through school. I'm um, going to date myself now, but uh, over 30 years ago, they... Uh, told us that uh, normal blood pressure, take 120, and then add your age, and you're okay. Today, if you're not consistently posting a 120 over 80 or, or something close to it, they're putting you on, a, on blood pressure medication. But they never used to do that. Just like cholesterol levels at one time were thought to be normal, when they were higher, they've, they've over time lowered those numbers. I think they've deliberately done that so they can sell more drugs. But that's just me. Or, you know, they would claim that the science has shown that uh, your health improves even more. Ironically, I'm, I must say that even though they've introduced statin drugs back in the 1980s, Pfizer, I think the first one was Lipitor, if you look at the statistics since that time, the rate of death due to heart disease has not gone down that much in the United States. So with all these people on the cholesterol-lowering drugs, I say, where's the true evidence that it's making a difference in heart disease. You know, when they do the research, when they show, okay, yeah, the amount of cholesterol in the bloodstream has gone down when after they're on the drugs. There's not as much cholesterol in the blood. Over time, I don't really, to, to show that, that you had reduced placking, the studies would have to be done over 30, 40-year period. Uh, and maybe today, if they started the mid to late 80s, if they started studies back then, they could show, yeah, okay, out of the 10,000 people we we did this with, 8,000 of them don't show any placking, or it's very little when we would have expected these people to uh, to have it. Uh, point being that uh, I'm not convinced the statin drugs are that great for you, and there are side effects to the statin drugs. I don't believe the levels, and this is just my personal opinion, I think, if your levels are at 200 or more, depending on your age, and getting getting way out there, my point being with statin drugs is there are better ways to help yourself with a good diet and keeping your microbiome healthy and eating uh, two-to-one vegetables to fruits. Ted Hahn, who's been on the show, nutritionist from Standard Process, he, he, do you remember his saying, Nikki? Yes, for, Fins, feathers, or fur, or didn't grow out of the earth. Don't eat it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a good thing to follow, though I would take it a step further and say, say you know, focus more on uh, green leafy vegetables, two to, two to one to fruits. Eat a lot of vegetables and fruits. That should be, I, I really think that should be 80% of your diet. And then the rest coming from uh, what I prefer and think is more healthy to you, and that's uh, wild-caught fish, um, which we've mentioned before, salmon uh, is probably top of the list. Um, I tend to eat more cod because I I prefer the taste, um, but it's not as high in, as high in omega three as omega threes are significant in the 
function of your vascular system. Uh, when ironically, they tell you if you're on statin drugs, don't take omega-3 supplements. And I don't know if you've heard that before, but uh, um, that uh, you know the statin drugs work on the liver. They they go through the liver. All drugs, anything you take, anything you eat that's actually assimilated by your body and goes into the bloodstream out of the gut goes first through the liver and the liver processes it. The majority of cholesterol that you eat uh, gets broken down and until the liver reconstitutes it or or recreates it as cholesterol, it's it's not a one-to-one ratio, not even close. The body breaks down all those different substances and has to recreate them out of the liver and then send them out into the body. So uh, there are all kinds of natural ways. You'll find your cholesterol levels drop significantly just by changing your diet. And, and people even, even on the low-carb diets find their cholesterol levels go down. I don't promote the low-carb diets, though they work for short-term weight loss. I don't promote them as, as something that people should do long-term. I don't think they're a healthy way to live. Uh, most of the time, people are heavy into eating meats or very fatty foods. Uh, to uh, and you know getting rid of all the carbs or at least a good percentage of them and and I don't think that's healthy you need good carbs and so that's why you know you're getting all you need if you if you just eat a consistent diet of of fruits and vegetables and uh, some meat now and then you'll be at optimum health so I had headshots this week Dr. Kelt and I it was the the thing that I needed to get more serious about my diet as far as sugars and carbs and stuff goes, I've cut back on my sugars for a few weeks now. Um, and it's really, um, I've lost a few pounds and my stomach's gone way down. Um, I feel better and my mood is better. And this week I was strict about it as in, I didn't have like any gluten or carbs, very little, I should say I'm not perfect, but like if I had like a couple crackers or something, um, and I, I can tell a difference in everything, like just pain level and focus and I'm getting so much more done and I feel like my skin looks better and it's crazy the difference. Like I don't think your body, well my body anyway, does that well with the sugar, the thing that I'm the most attracted to (laughs) and maybe even gluten. We will do a podcast in the future too on why does your body crave sugar? Oh yeah, they, uh, because it is a problem for everybody. We, I don't crave it as much now. Well, I know you always said like once you stop, you'll be fine. It just goes away. But when you're in it, it's really hard to imagine. You're like, really, will it ever go away? Because it's pretty strong. But I don't really crave it anymore. I'll have a little bit of oranges or you know berries or apples, but I don't crave it like I used to. Like ev- after every meal, I find that. Uh, you're exactly right. If I totally cut out all the junk, which periodic, you know, most of the time I eat that way, but now and then you, you kind of fall off the wagon, especially yeah. I find, and I think most people will find when they have a lot of emotional stuff going on in their life or having a lot of things yeah. that they're having difficulties yeah. with, uh, they'll uh, tend to piece more. Uh, and, and reason being is when you eat, it, food is very calming to the body produce chemicals that calm, that actually calm you while you're eating food. Uh, your parasympathetic nervous system kicks in, and, and so you feel more calm when you're eating. So what is that encouragement to do, to eat all the time? i got to feel better. I'm going to eat. Uh, 
But Mm -hmm. again, then you start gaining weight and go, hmm, now I'm not so happy. So it it, 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 unfortunately, you know, I find too, as you eat fruit, focus on the fruits and vegetables. Yes, exactly what you said happens. You those fruits and vegetables, those vegetables. I'm sorry, those fruits specifically increase. You know, they're sugars. They're simple. They're more complex carbohydrates. So when you're eating those, you'll you'll find if you cut out all the sweets when you eat those, those taste much much sweeter, and they'll be just as satisfying as the other stuff if you consistently eat them, and, oh and don't eat the candy bars and don't eat the sugary stuff type drinks and things like that all the other stuff all the good stuff is going to taste sweeter to you so dr kel i totally agree because like i've had like almond butter and jelly on like part of a piece of toast before for breakfast and now i had like a piece of celery with some almond butter on it and it tasted so much sweeter now i was like oh this actually tastes good because my taste buds have adjusted yes wonderful that's awesome thanks for sharing that yeah I wanted to share some things about the side effects, ill side effects of statin drugs. The uh, medical community touts statin drugs as one of the drugs with the lowest amount of side effects. That uh, It it does nothing but help your health and improve your health. In fact, they consider it preventative medicine. Uh, You know, the the natural (laughs) healer sees uh, good medicine as being fruits and vegetables and eating properly. Get in the right, yeah. what you put into your body, that's what your body needs, and that's what your body's going to thrive on, and it'll get it to enable your body to heal itself whenever it has issues. Well, their idea of uh, uh, preventative medicine is uh, to take, take certain drugs, like uh, statins. They, in fact, the one article says, should we put statins in the water? Ugh. Yeah, kind of like them sticking fluoride in the water. They, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of uh, places have began to remove fluoride out of the water. And most people have filters, so they're get, taking it out anyway. But fluoride's not that yeah. It may help uh, make your teeth less susceptible to cavities, but it's not good for the rest of your body. So symptoms from uh, statins do exist, and they downplay it, of course. Uh, but one of the things that we start out simply is muscle pain and muscle damage can occur from statin drugs. You can have neurological side effects. Also, they can interact with other drugs. So you also want to be careful when you're taking other drugs because you can create issues there. But one of the worst symptoms, or two of them, let's say, uh, liver damage can actually cause liver damage because it's what it's doing is it's it's inhibiting the liver from making cholesterol, which to me is a joke to begin with in a way because, once again, we're covering up a symptom, not trying to solve the problem. The question must be always asked, why is your cholesterol high to begin with? And you know how they came up with these numbers? They looked at the elderly who had cholesterol, high cholesterol placking in their arteries and looked at their cholesterol levels at that time and said, okay, this is high cholesterol because they got cholesterol placking. So that's kind of the way they figured out how to decide what was, what was a bad level and what was a good level. I don't know if I totally agree with the logic, but there may be a little bit there. Anything that the liver has to process that's a medication, it affects the liver and it's affected by the liver. Uh, If the liver doesn't like it, it sees it as toxic, it can cause dysfunction of the liver. 
statin drugs, you are imposing a dysfunction of the liver when you take statin drugs. The liver is now not working as it should be. It produces over 500 different enzymes. I haven't seen any studies on how the whole enzyme production is affected uh, directly, but if it's lowering the level of production of cholesterol by, inhib by affecting your liver so it won't produce the cholesterol, what else is it not producing? How else is it changing uh, the function of your liver if it's all these thousands of processes and, and over 500 different enzymes are created there? What else is it messing up? They, uh, and the answer to that question, at least for some people, is there is a high incidence of type 2 diabetes being created by these statin drugs. Diabetes. Diabetes, type 2 diabetes. Because it, ca it uh, causes insulin resistance, meaning your body no longer is, is reacting to insulin uh, correctly. Um, and it re the pancreas then is required to make more of it to get the same effects. And so when you eat uh, carbohydrates, uh, the body breaks that down into glucose, and then the insulin comes along. Let's say you get a high amount of glucose, because uh, the body always knows what levels are correct. So when you're out of balance, it will produce one chemical to create balance again. And so glucose and uh, uh, insulin interact with each other, and, and uh, so if you get too much glucose, the pancreas produces insulin, and then you lower the levels of, of, of glucose in the blood, and so you get a balance. If you get too much glucose, uh, you can do things like uh, uh, hypoglycemia. Uh, typically is the first, first uh, situation because your pre-diabetics pre are typically hypoglycemic because the... Uh, uh, the insulin, excessive amounts of insulin are being produced uh, so that they shut it, shut down the uh, reaction to the glucose levels and then you have these uh, after sugar lows that often occur though when people tend to eat sugar they like go off the you know like kids when they eat simple sugars uh, they tend to bounce off the walls and uh, be very active and then they'll have a lull afterwards and that's typically because the pancreas is you got too much sugar too quickly because you ate a simple sugar uh, a cookie a candy bar whatever it was drank a soda and then you have high amounts of sugar in your body you tend to be overactive and then the, the pancreas says way well, hey, too much glucose too much glucose and it makes more insulin and then the insulin you know it'll produce too much insulin overreaction because you got such a quick influx of the glucose into your system so then that overreaction uh, it gives you too much insulin, and then you have the low. Mm. Make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think we live that a lot. <laughs> yes, a lot of people can relate to those feelings and sensations because we've all experienced those things. You know, we live in the Western world with a Western diet, and all these things are promoted, and, and the body loves glucose. It loves sugar, and so it'll take it as fast as it can get it and uh, want you, leave you wanting more. Uh, but interestingly enough to me is when you start eating properly, you're not having the simple sugars. You don't crave the sugar as much. You don't eat as much food. You tend to uh, not have the cravings. Your, your depression levels tend to, tend to uh, improve because you're, you're now not depressed. You're not having that a depressive eating cycle going on. And so then you don't do the nibbling. You don't... You do, you know, the nibblers, I've been a nibbler over the years, and part of the reason being is was eating poorly. I'd 
you know, made me feel, I felt depressed, then I would eat more and keep nibbling because that nibbling would keep me in a, a less depressive state. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're tired, uh, sometimes it's like I would reach for chocolate, but then sometimes it wouldn't even help because I was so tired. It was like I just couldn't keep up with, I don't know if it was adrenal fatigue or what, but it was like. Yeah, and there are other interactions which can lead to what you're talking about, that fatigue even unrelated to the insulin and the glucose levels, and that can be adrenals. So, yes. So that's what's happening with statin drugs. I do not recommend them to people. Uh, I, I recommend eating healthy and having enough exercise, eating properly, avoiding uh, exposing yourself to toxins, and getting uh, adjustments on a regular basis. It keeps your spinal health up, uh, doing things for your emotions, and uh, often exercise can help with that. If, if, if you still need more, there are therapies out there, a lot of therapies like the mind-body balance that we do in our clinic uh, that help with those emotional triggers and uh, hypnosis and things like that can help as well to reduce those uh, emotional triggers that tie all that back in. When you balance your life out, your body won't produce too much cholesterol. Yeah, I think sometimes it seems like a quick fix, you know, just take the drug and your cholesterol will be fixed. But well, well that's what's I know easy, I have right? Family members that have taken them and they, the side effects are noticeable, like the muscle pain and the joint pain, and all of a sudden their wrist hurts all the time. Or you know, you use your hands every day doing cooking or cleaning or whatever you're doing, writing, and you start taking that drug, and now you've got pain in your body and it doesn't go away because it's affected. So. Yep. Yeah, like you're saying. Some of the articles I've read, thank you for that. Some of the articles I've read tend to imply that those side effects are only seen in about 5% of people. And uh, <laughs> it, 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 I think that's a joke. Uh, Maybe that's reported side effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These studies they do, you know, and most of the time these studies are done by the companies themselves or supported <laughs> uh, financially by the companies themselves and are not independent and and anyway uh yeah if you're on statin drugs and you're aching uh in your joints or your muscles more than you were before start eating better anyway i i can't tell anybody to not to take medications if if the medical doctor in america has said to take it then he is like god you best take that thing and don't <laughs> let anybody else that isn't a medical doctor tell you otherwise otherwise uh, they'll get in trouble our medical system in america has become in my opinion, uh, oh, well, that's a whole different path. We're not going down there. Uh, you've heard me before. Anything else about statins you'd like to discuss, Nikki? Um, no, I think it's uh, really interesting. It always kind of relates back to um, lifestyle. Yes. Yep, that's what we're talking about. We're trying to get people out there to start eating better, exercising, uh, and uh, improving their emotional health and and uh, so that they live happier and healthier lives. It's amazing how it's a domino effect, whether you're going the healthy way or the unhealthy way. You know, you start taking one drug, then you need a different drug for the side effects of that one, and the domino effect goes that way. And then you start eating healthy, and then you want to exercise, and then you start feeling better, and you start sleeping better. And, you know, it's kind of like it's not an easy thing to do but once you get started um, I think it can work I agree for, for some people starting to exercise then leads to eating better and other people other way around 
Uh, some people work in their emotional health first, and then that inspires them to do more. So it uh, it's a cycle that can lift you to better heights and a healthier life and, and more quality and happier quality of life and improve your quality of life and happiness overall. That's what we're all about. That's what we want to help people get to. And thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, I'm pretty good there. How about you, Nikki? Yes. Thank you for listening, everybody. This is Podcast 59 on statin drugs. And um, yeah, I found that really interesting. Thank you, Dr. Call. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. For questions or comments, please email us at healthtalkwithdrkell at gmail.com. That's D-R-K-E-L-L at gmail.com. You'll find the lowest prices on standard process whole food supplements at holistichealth.standardprocess.com. As always, we recommend you seek nutritional advice from a qualified healthcare professional before starting a supplement program. And... For natural and organic health and hygiene products, see our sponsor's website at oceanbaynaturals.com. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of the Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and host Nikki Sterling.